Yeah. On the on the stream, I want to see the service audio. I want to see. Um, I want to see the dirt. We didn't have you doing benediction, right? Benedictus. My mother's, my father's, you beat up your father's. Because my wife has a link that she sends to people. If you see them, then through the, on the picture. There is only Bible Church Tampa. Okay. Look at what you see there. If it's the transmission of this, yeah. the transmission of the whole thing, of everything, everything you see here, is transmitting all that. This is what we're getting, right? That's what I mean. You have to, on, on the camera, when they come, you have, on the service you put it here, okay? On the message, we put it over here. So uh, yeah, and you have to... Right now, for the singing, they will be here. I think we're saying the same thing, but 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 it, what I mean is when you do the service, you, when, when when you everything, you have to put this this over there to be able to see, okay? So whatever it's worth, you're getting what you want on certain audio, so that's working. Perfect, because this is what it, what is here is what is transmitted. It's here. Everything is gonna go through this. Okay. That's what we need. You don't need that here because that is for for when you go the service. You put that. You you keep that small until they are start to speak. Okay. From my point of view, everything's working. I mean, I, yeah. Just just take out the them there. No one can play guitar. Yeah. I don't know why is this is still here because before we can we don't we don't see it. Grow up in the hey, church. That, that's what the only thing that I. Well, everything's working now. I'm, I'm point being is, I know. The thing is, I don't know why it's here all the time. It looks like a good thing to have. You can't do it. No, but before we have it separated, right? You don't need a Bible. Probably. You can probably put on the mouse and drag it. Yeah, we need to to get rid of this. I don't know how. Remember that? Usually, you, you usually can take the this part. Oh, okay, take it, you, take it you, out, usually. and then just reduce that. Put it there. Right, you, you do how you want. Right? You, uh, that how, that mouse goes with this. You, when you were growing up, you attended Baptist Church. Yes. Right? Yeah, so Baptist Temple, I probably okay. from my point of view, maybe out of six hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a, a service. Did you hear me? How you do this, yeah. and you don't see the, this part. Remember that? Very similar to a Baptist When you do the service, you, you go in, I mean, focus on this one, okay? And we turn off the turn off the lights and, and focus on this one, okay? But I what I don't know is why it's showing this because before we don't show this. That's not a Baptist temple, but it's a, it's got a lot of. Excuse me. Are we ready to get? Maybe that one. Show record. Yeah. Let's let's talk. So where's Frank is now? Hmm? Where's Frank now?
He's in a stay or he's in Italy? No, he's in Italy. Oh. Can you see us? You can't I see us. You can see you. Ready, Mr. Giovanni. Ready for my close-up. I want to get rid of that. This. You have an idea? You're not going to get rid of that. No? Okay. All right, start. Ready? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Have a special morning this, uh, today. To the big Steve and Marcia are in. In Michigan or Wisconsin? Michigan, I think. Anyway, he called me Tuesday to brag about 70 degree weather and 50s at night and how excited they were to be there. When you going to a 50th high school reunion and having a good time. So, but this evening, this morning, we have uh, missionaries from Italy who are going to be sharing uh, what their ministry is there. One of the missionaries who support here at our church. So, if you'd stand with me, we'll get ready to get started. We have some great uh, hymns and Choruses to sing. Franklin, you see? And a great uh, story here about what God is doing in the country of Italy. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your love for us. We thank you that halfway around the world, people we know are serving you, that you have called someone who is a part of a fellowship to be missionaries go away to Italy to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's amazing to hear how you're working through them to start churches and bring people to yourself. It's encouraging. It's amazing again to think you're not just the God of the United States. <laughs> Or a lot of church, but we're working all over the world. And everybody's life is willing to surrender to you. We pray that you'll use the hymns and the songs we sing and the testimony of what you're doing in Italy to encourage us today. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You're already standing, so you're ready to sing Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, you soldiers of the U.S. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Do die for your in the sons of the cross. From victory unto victory, his army shall be Stand up, stand up. 
were talking about hymns and how amazing they are, the doctrines that these people who wrote these things uh, put in there to think that third verse talking about putting on the, the armor to face in the battle that we're in, how important that is. It's a great, uh, another thing we like to do here is sing um, the Word of God put to music. This one is found in Isaiah 61 through 3. I kind of, most of the things that we're singing this morning are kind of geared around missions and the fact that we have the opportunity to share Jesus Christ with our world and others with all the world around us. So this one's a great one about, um, to Israel, even back then God was saying, I'm not just going to use you, bring myself to you, but I'm going to through you bring the whole world the knowledge of myself. Arise, shine, for your light is coming. Arise, shine, for your light is coming. And the glory of the Lord has risen on you.
Some of these are very beautiful to me. This is one. It's a great missionary uh, hymn, but just almost a hymn just of the fact that everybody should get to tell the story, to tell what Jesus Christ has done for us. It should be part of our life, no matter who we're talking with, no matter what we're doing, recognizing that uh, this story, I love to hear it over and over again, because it reminds me of what Jesus has done for me. I love to tell the story. Consecrated Lord to you. 
Take my hands, take my voice, everything that I have. I want to be yours. It's for us. 
us to ask God to sanctify every part of us. His salvation from day to day. Tell of His glory among the nations, His wonderful deeds among all the peoples. 
For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He's to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of his peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established and it will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and all the peoples in his faithfulness. Let's pray. Father, we look forward to that day when you take your rightful place as Lord of this earth and you restore from the evil and awful that we see around us to the glory that you intended this world to be. The, uh, all the beauty, the world, it says, the trees clapping their hands and the rocks crying out and everything in this world saying together that you are the mighty God, you are the creator, and once again, <clears throat> you're ruling and reigning the way you should and in charge of all of this world, in charge of us. We long for that time to be a part of that kingdom, to be out of this body and into the one that you've prepared for us, to be living in the kingdom that you desire us to be a part of. We recognize that in the meantime, you've put us here, given us jobs to do, and part of that is to share the gospel with those around us, to live righteously so the world can see you are alive and you are the God of this world and that they need you. So use us for that purpose. Pray that you will bless uh, the pieces as they share. Give them wisdom and joy as they share what you're doing in their lives and through them in Italy. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Since Steve's uh, not here, and, uh, we have two of our missionaries. We support three missionary groups. One of them is in Italy, and they are Pisa's, Pam and Frank. And he's going to share a message with us and share something of what God is accomplishing through them in Italy. So we're excited to hear that. Uh, feel free to start sharing, sir. It's such a, a blessing to be here with you all and uh, to have this opportunity 
to share God's word. But before I do that, I would like my beautiful bride to give you a little bit of an update of all that we're doing here in Italy. Amela? Well, first of all, we just want to thank you all for your prayers and your financial support over the last year. You know, it's really been a blessing to just know that you all are behind us and praying for us throughout this uh, ministry. And we've had some new co-workers, as you may remember when we came last year, Justin and Amanda Latonan joined us two years ago, and they have been a big help to us in the ministry. And they've also adapted pretty well to the culture and the language now. So that's been very encouraging. We also have a young man, Jeremiah Smith, who's finishing his first year of Italian studies, and he is speaking Italian quite well now, and he is reaching out to many students and young professionals with the gospel as well. And uh, we personally have been studying the Bible with some uh, friends who are not yet believers, as well as discipling several believers, and this is in addition to our regular church activities. But uh, the Il Refugio Church in Torino, where we were originally, has now merged with an international church in Torino, which has English-speaking services. So they switched from being an Italian-speaking church to an English-speaking church. As far as my health goes, and we thank you for your prayers, I have just finished six months of chemotherapy, and my biopsy results have shown a reduction of the cancer from 60% to 20% of my cells. And this is really a great answer to prayer, so we thank you all for praying. I will continue maintenance therapy for the next several months just to uh, maintain, but it's really been a blessing. And now Frank wants to share with you a message that God has given him. And again, it's really an honor to be here with you. And um, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. And I'd like to read a, a short paragraph to you all before we get started. But first of all, I'd like to pray. Lord, I do want to thank you for giving us the honor to be speaking at uh, Hope Bible Church, Lord. Uh, we would really have loved to be with them in person. But thank you, Lord, that for modern technology that we can connect with the dear saints from uh, Milano, Italy. And I just really pray, Father, that you would help us to have uh, our hearts open to your truth and that we would put in practice the things that you teach us. We're so excited, Lord, to be here with them. And we ask you, Lord, that you be glorified in all things. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. Lord, just want you to know we just celebrated our 37th anniversary and uh, it's been a great adventure, a labor with the Lord together. And uh, so we're here together with you. So we're going to, uh, the sermon is going to be Design Spiritual Growth. You know, these are basic fundamental truths that we should always keep in our hearts and always try to practice every day of our lives. But I'd like to read this paragraph to you. It says, God's imperishable word stands forever. This imperishable word was the content of Peter's preaching in chapter 1, verses 12 and 25. He preached the word because God's word has life. God's word gives life. And God's word nourishes life. Thus the Christian's life should be a spiritually growing life. 
But in order to grow in eternal ways, we need eternal nourishment. Just as we are all conceived by the eternal word of God, as newborn babes, we are to continue in the word of God. Lived out truth produces growth. You know, we have a, a young woman that has become a believer just three months ago. And it's amazing how she has been applying these truths to her life. Her name is Sarah, and she's not Italian, she's Chinese. But what's been really encouraging about her, as she reads the Word of God, she puts it in practice in her life. As an example, she had gotten a scholarship to Cornell University in New York, but she decided because she wanted to grow in her faith that she would stay in Milano, Italy and learn from Il Rifugio Milano. And uh, she was going out with a young man who is not a believer. And when she started reading the word and we started having Bible studies with her, she decided that that wasn't a good thing for her to do. So she broke the relationship with this young man in a nice way. But all the little things that she is doing in her life, all to give the glory to our God. And uh, so the things that I want to share with you, like I said, from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, 2, and 3. And uh, the first thing that we want to uh, realize is that we need to get rid of all evil behavior. Now, how in the world can you get rid of all evil behavior? I believe there's only one way, but the verse says, so get rid of all evil and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. This is verse 1. So God desires that we get rid of all these things from our lives. Now I want you to know that before I became a Christian, this was probably my life. That I, I was maybe in the sense of saying, was I really evil? Well, in the eyes of God, I would say I probably was evil. Uh, was I a person that deceived people? I probably was because all I thought about was number one, I thought about myself instead of thinking about others and how I can help others. Was I a hypocrite? Probably at times I was a hypocrite. Did I envy people? At times I envied. And did I slander people? I probably did as well. But you know, God took hold of my life and I'm so excited about that. I just celebrated my 40, 42nd birthday, spiritual birthday, of following Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to know, Jesus has transformed my life. Just like it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, behold, the new has come. You know, this reminds of the example of the caterpillar and the butterfly. And of course, I'm sure you probably have heard this millions of times. But it's really interesting how a caterpillar, who is a very destructive insect, and I'm sure all the farmers really did not appreciate having caterpillars in their fields. But just think of that caterpillar going into a cocoon for 9 to 15 days, and then coming out as a beautiful butterfly. Before it was destructive, now it's for the good of all because it flies around it flirts around from flower to flower and it pollinates them can you imagine before it was evil 
and destructive, now it's good and used for a good purpose. Well, I have to say that's the same thing for my life. Before, I was useless to God. Now, God has blessed me. He has transformed me into a, a vessel that He can use for His glory. And I'm sure that's true for all of you guys. I'm sure God is using you in a very special way. But we have to have that desire to keep on growing. Do not become a museum. Don't get used to the, what it used to be like. You know, go out. You know, I, I just want you to know, uh, I'm a young 73-year-old, and uh, I just love working with young people, and, uh, and I have tremendous respect for them, and they have tremendous respect for me. How God has changed me tells us, it, it tells us this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, it's, it's so interesting to know how God can take a, a, a person that's, that's, that's evil and transform him into something that's good and something that can be used and something that can bring glory and honor to our God. It's just really amazing. And, you know, we have some, a lot of fantastic examples in the Old Testament how God takes ordinary people and transforms them. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So who are, who are this uh, great crowd of witnesses? Well, when you hear the word therefore, you go back one chapter and you find that it's the great hall of fame, of faith. The men of old, the men and women of old, who really started off just like we did, you know, when you become a, a Christian, you took baby steps, little by little, little steps, little steps, and eventually God started maturing you in the faith. And, and that's so exciting to me that that's exactly what God has been doing with us, and I'm sure He has been doing that with you. But we always need to go back to those principles. You know, He says here, especially, He says, strip off every weight that slows us down. What slows us down, guys? What slows you down? You know, I think the greatest sin that anybody could ever commit is the sin of unbelief. I, Sometimes, instead of believing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we believe the lie of the devil. And guys, we need to go back to those basics and understand that God desires for us to have a desire for growing spiritually. And, and then he goes on and says, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. What race has God set before you? I know for me, guys, I, sometimes, some people tell me, Frank, why don't you go into retirement? You're 73 years old. What have you got to offer to these people? 
Well, dear saints, I believe that God does not talk about retirement any place in the Bible. I ask God that as long as I breath in my lungs, that I bring glory and honor to him by being available to share the hope that I have of eternal life. There's many people here, you know, just 1% of the population is evangelical Christians. The rest of them are unbelievers that really need the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in the United States that have that same need and we can all partake of that. We can share our story, how God changed our lives, how he's given himself on that cross for, to, to save us, just like it says here. He, he gave himself so that we could have life through him. I, when I think about this story, I think about Barabbas and Jesus. You know, Jesus was completely innocent of, it, of any sin, of anything. And Barabbas was a murderer. He, he was a thief. And, and God exchanged places with him because God loved him. He didn't love the sin that he had, but he loved the person. God has been teaching my wife and I how to love people right where they're at. We follow the example of Jesus Christ, but we don't look at the things of the earth. We're, our eyes are focused, focused on Jesus Christ because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. And our eyes need to be continuously looking to him for every good thing. And, and so when, whenever you, you're in doubt about your faith, read Hebrews 11, read Hebrews 12, read the whole Bible like this young Chinese girl is doing. You know, she started in Genesis, she's in Exodus right now, and she's read the whole New Testament. She's only been saved for three months. We need to be like this young woman that is really focused on Jesus and running the race in such a way as to win. The, the second thing that we need to do is desire the Word of God. In 1 Peter 2a, 2, 2a says, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. That's how we need to desire the Word of God. So drinking from the Word of God enables Christians to live the life God has called them to live. And to really live that life, to enjoy it, to relish in it, and to grow in every sense of the word. Just as newborn babies take in the nourishment of milk, so Christians take in the nourishment of God's word. Christians are to desire or crave or long for the nutritional word every day not just on Sunday morning. Think about this. How does a newborn baby long for milk? Surely in at least three ways. Desperately, eagerly, and frequently. This is the same way Christians are to desire the pure milk of the Word of God. Now I know some of you are grandparents and perhaps some of you have children, they're infants. You need, we need to observe their lives and how much they really do crave, how much they really do crave the, the milk, the pure milk. That's how we should crave the Word of God in our lives. I, again, not just on Sunday morning, we sit down, we clean the pews and then we go home. 
But we need to put the Word of God in practice in our lives. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 through 16, it says, But practicing the truth in love, we will in all things grow up in Christ, who is the head. From him the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. As each one does its part, the body grows in love. You know, my goal, my wife's goal, a lot of the young people in our church's goal is to become like Christ. That is what God desires. You know, it says in Philippians 1, 6, He who began a good work and you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. That is our heart's desire that we become more and more like Christ. And, uh, and so we, we, we strive for that. And as we grow in love with Christ, we grow in love with one another. Just like in marriage, as I grow more closer to God, I grow more closer to my wife. And together, we're able to love on one another as he designed marriage to be. Uh, from him, the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. You know, each one of us has different spiritual gifts. God wants us to use those spiritual gifts to honor to, for our brothers and sisters and to honor him. And if we all work together, we can do a great work for the glory of our God. And that is his desire. So we want to, we want to continually, continually get rid of all evil that exists in our lives. But we want to desire the word of God. And then we want to grow spiritually in our faith. It says in 1 Peter 2, 2b, that by it you may grow up into salvation. You know, if you go back to uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1, it's important to realize that when the men of old were, were saved, they didn't know everything. They didn't know everything. But step by step, they got closer and closer to the Lord and grew in their salvation. And you know, we have to do the same thing. We have to grow into our salvation. We want to become like Jesus Christ. You know, there's a time coming, and it's, I believe it's soon, that we will be standing in the presence of our God. And when that happens, we will be glorified like He is glorified. We won't be just like He is. We haven't arrived yet, but we're striving for that moment by moment to accomplish that goal. The third thing that we need to do is growing spiritually in our faith. So in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the person dedicated to God may be capable and equipped for every good work. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to us? The word teaches us what is really important in life. But you have to know what the word says in order to realize what is important in life. That's why we need that pure milk of the word of God. So that we will know how to live our lives in such a way that it gives glory to him. The word shows us those things in our lives. They need to change. 
we all have things in our lives that need to change. I know that I love when I read the word and the Lord shows me something, I like to put it in practice. This young woman, like I said, she was going out with an unbeliever before she was saved. When she got saved, she said, this is wrong. He's an unbeliever, I'm a believer. And so they broke up. She put in life, she realized that she needed correction in her life. And you know, we can also help one another in that. I, I really love it when someone, I, I tell the church that I belong to, I tell them, guys, if you see me doing something wrong, if you see hear me saying something I shouldn't be saying, if you really, really love me, you'll come to me and you'll tell me. You will be helping me grow in my walk with the Lord. We all need that, saints. We need to be able to correct one another. The Word tells us to do so. And as we correct one another, we grow and grow more in love with Jesus and more in love with one another and more in love with the lost. But remember, even if you hear me say something that I should be saying today, please tell me. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what your thoughts are. The Word transforms us from children into mature Christians. Again, it's the application, the obedience. Jesus said, if you really love me, you will obey me. If you are my friends, you will obey me. And that is the desire of my heart, that I will obey what Christ is telling me to do. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, it says, It was he who gave us some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry that is built to build up the body of Christ. You know what my job is? My job is to equip our saints to do the work that Christ has given us to do. And it's been really encouraging to see some of our saints really growing and maturing in their faith because we're taking time to disciple them and helping them to grow in the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, I am so excited that we're, we're not a big church, but the people that we have are really starting to really desire to be discipled and really uh, wanted to go out and reach out to the people that we come into contact every day. And that to me is so exciting. And then the last thing is that First Peter 2, 3 says, draw near to the Lord for he is good. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, this particular uh, uh, verse of First Peter comes directly from Psalm 34, 8, which says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Now you may be asking yourself, how is the Lord good? And I'm sure all of you will have something to say on how good the Lord is. I've listed some things here that I'd like to share with you. And the first thing is we're blessed we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. It says in Ephesians 1, we're complete in Christ. We're dead to sin. Forgiven of all our sins, past, present, and future. 
We're holy in Christ, justified in Christ, members of the body of Christ. We have been adopted. We have been adopted by our God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are sons of God, sons and daughters of the living God. That is just simply awesome to think about. I, I just really love the fact that we have so much, so much in the Lord. He has given us so much and he continually gives us so much more. And the last verse that I want to share with you is Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. What does it mean to trust in the Lord with all your heart? You know, you've probably never heard this story before. But when Pam and I decided, after we had prayed many years, uh, that we wanted to move to Italy to make disciples, we had a little bit of a difficult time getting the paperwork that we needed from the United States government. And uh, we needed a visa. The, the, the passport would give us three months, but we needed a visa in order to live here. And uh, it, it was kind of strange that we were not able to get that in the United States. Well, anyway, I said, I, I knew that God wanted us to come, so we were going to come for the three months, or actually we we're going to come to stay here. And we believed that God would provide the needs for us to do so. We prayed a lot. I just want you to know that we fasted a lot. And uh, I wrote a letter to a church in Torino, Italy. And I asked them, I said, you know, we're, we have a desire to move to Italy, to start a church, to make disciples and so forth. And the pastor there read the letter, he says, who is Frank Pisa? I've never heard of him before. And uh, there was a, a, a missionary there named Jim who actually was from Florida, resident of Florida. And he said, why don't you give me the letter? I don't know who he is either, but he lives in Tampa. I live in Lakeland, Florida. I'll send him a message and invite him to have lunch with us. And I'll find out all about Frank Apisa, and then I'll tell you who he is. Well, we got together. Normally lunch in the United States, as you know, is an hour, an hour and a half, and that's the end of it. Well, five hours later, we had become best of friends. And Jim said, you know, Frank, don't worry about, you know, the paperwork that you need here. Come to Italy. We have a, I have a friend who works for the police department, who works with foreigners in Italy. And I'm sure that he will be able to get you all the documents you need. So we packed up and we moved to turn Italy. And when we got there, we met Jim again at the church and, and we met his friend. And his friend said, Frank, what you need to do is go back to your hometown in southern Italy and ask them to give your citizenship back. So my wife and I went to southern Italy where I have relatives and my cousin actually worked for the government office that we needed to go to and after that, do not doubt him, believe in him. He will move mountains to accomplish his goal in our lives. And that's what it's all about, to trust Him completely. Do not lean on your own understanding, because our own understanding will deceive us. But God will never deceive us. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. And He did make our paths straight to be able to move to turn Italy 
and start a church there. We, that, that's all I have for you all, but I wish we were there that we could talk to you all in person. We, we were so thankful for you all, for your prayers, and uh, for your finances that you've been sending our way. And if ever you would like to come to Italy and do a short-term mission with us, it would be awesome. We would love to have you. I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, I just want to thank you for our home church in, in, uh, in, in Tampa, Lord. I pray, God, that you bless each one of them in a very special way. Lord, I pray that these basic principles of our faith would stick in their hearts, Lord, that they would have a desire to put them in practice in their lives. God, there's so many lost people in our world, and they all so need, are so needy, God. Uh, they need the hope that we have. I pray, God, that everyone would take the opportunity to pass that up, attract to someone, or share their story to someone. And Lord, I know I find so much joy in doing that. But not only that, Lord, it's exciting to me when I, when I share the gospel with people. It reminds me of all that I have in you, Jesus. And so I pray, God, that you would just really bless your people. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
listening to uh, Frank and Pamela, they only had a little enthusiasm about the gospel, you know? But it's always encouraging to hear them. Would you stand as we sing our last two songs? Um, sounds like this is a theme song for the Jesus here when he leadeth me. But uh, they are faithful followers of what he has desired in their lives and they were willing to leave the comfort of everything they've known because he called them to do something else. And that ought to be our goal as Christians as well. He leads me as faithful follower. Sometimes it seems a deepest gloom. Sometimes. 
That song is from a scripture song taken from the book of Hosea. And um, Paul, as he writes in Philippians, has the same mindset to, to know him, the power of his resurrection. My whole goal in life is to press on to know Jesus Christ.
bringing others to you, encouraging them, leading them in their walk, and growing them in Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing. Thank you for this morning and the opportunity this afternoon to have lunch together. Thank you for everybody who's prepared something. And we just ask that you would bless the food and our fellowship time together that we would be encouraging one another in Jesus Christ. Yes, he sings in his name for us. Uh, we dismiss with uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you might prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen.